Hi, I'm Christian East today, CEO and Managing Director of Hot Chili. Uh, we're one of uh, one of the few senior copper developers in the world, developing a very large advanced asset at low altitude on the coastline of Chile. Christian, good to see you, sir. Okay. Um, you have been on a bit of a world tour and just got, got back into Perth. Uh, I imagine feeling exhausted, so I do appreciate you um, taking the time to do this call. Um, seeing the news today, tell us all about it. Yeah, no, a very exciting day for us. Uh, we, we've uh, been working for, for nearly 18 months towards this large resource upgrade. Uh, so Costa Fuego, our combined asset that we've been working on for more than a decade on the coastline of Chile, uh, about uh, about 18 months ago, we, we tripled the size of that and it moved to 724 million tonnes, comprising two very large-scale assets uh, right next to the Pan-American Highway, right next to a port, uh, about half a percent copper equivalent, uh, primarily um, open pitable deposits that we're studying to put into production. Uh, so we've invested significantly. We've more than doubled the drilling into the por porphyry discovery Cordadera, which has really transformed our resource book. Uh, so that drill coverage at Cordadera has now increased to over 92,000 metres of drilling uh, that was put in primarily last year. So the resource upgrade that we've announced today has added 30% to our resource uh, inventory. Uh, we're sitting just under a billion tonnes now uh, on the coastline. Um, really importantly, one of the key uh, the key aims of the program that we that we undertook last year was to really lift the component of indicated resources, and we've we've achieved that in spades. Uh, we've lifted indicated resources uh, to some seven hundred and twenty five million tons. So over eighty percent of our resource base is now in indicated classification, and a really key part of that is that the high-grade component of Costa Fuego, um, material that's running more at a grade of 0.8% copper equivalent, that is now one-third of our metal inventory. That has lifted over 50% with the drilling that we put in over the last year. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so that's a, that's a great update. Um, meaning, meaningful change there on, on the resource. This is because you're what, working towards this um, PFS, which is GQ3. Correct of this year, right. So um, what more is there to do between now and the PFS coming out? Look, we've got a very active program. We've got very strong treasury, about 32 million in the bank, about another 10 million of inflow expected this year. And, and, and what that means is we have a fully funded 18 month growth and development program, about $10 million being directed towards exploration drilling to drive further growth. Um, we're looking at our land holdings that have never been drilled before outside of our principal deposits. So that's very, very exciting going on in the background. And we also have another $10 million of drilling going towards another resource upgrade, which we'll see in the third quarter in association with that combined pre-feasibility for this project. Oh, that's interesting. So with that with that $10 million for, in terms of the, the resource, so um, again, what type of drilling, where is that going? Um, you know, what's that going to do? In, in, in numbers that people understand, in terms of meters drilled, um, and you know which of the assets are you, are you doing that? At? Yeah, look, we've got we've got two two diamond drill rigs on the ground, one RC drill rig. We're hoping to lift that to four rigs this year if okay. we can. Good. <coughs> we'll be um, we'll be moving around um, quite um, quite uh, I suppose dynamically between resource growth and exploration targets, uh, and and trying to optimize um, the utilization of those drill rigs. We have a lot of uh, a lot of targets that are near site to the Cordadera Porphyry discovery. We still see further growth there. Uh, we see some um, near site growth at Productora, but 
also quite exciting in this in this resource that's been put out. Um, it's not just our Cordillera and Product Tourer deposit. We've just added our first high-grade satellite, San Antonio, um, to the inventory. Um, it's only small at this stage, 4.2 million tonnes, but the grade is 1.2% copper equivalent. It's from surface, open pitable and shallow. Um, and we, uh, we have another high-grade satellite in Valentina, um, a couple of kilometres away, and we have further growth to go on those high-grade assets. So it's fair to say that, that uh, adding a lot of high-grade inventory uh, to Costa Fuego is a key part of this next 12 months uh, as we push towards that next resource upgrade. Right. So I'm, I'm going to bounce around a bit because I'm trying to understand how the picture kind of fits together here, right? Obviously, um, Glencore coming on, you, you, I think you've kind of got the 60% offtake over the line now, haven't you? Is that, is that all done and dusted? Yeah, correct. Uh, we just announced that about three or four weeks ago. So yeah. that was a big milestone for us. We've been negotiating that for six months. I think the last time we spoke, Matt, uh, we just brought them in as a strategic investor. We'd announced that we were going to be negotiating with them um, an offtake arrangement. Now we've now we've completed that. So that is that is an offtake partner for sixty percent of our concentrate on the first eight years of production. <coughs> and to put that into context, we're, we're targeting a twenty to thirty year mine life here. So what that has really meant is that we have the world's largest offtaker as our partner, as our largest shareholder, and we've kept forty percent of the offtake unencumbered to negotiate with other offtake partners. Um, when we get into project financing discussions at the end of this year. Right. And most importantly, after eight years, the entire project is unencumbered. Um, but certainly, you know, Glencore, to have them as an offtake partner in advance of a pre-feasibility is, is quite some feat. So remind people why you did that deal again. Because obviously they, they've come in as a, well, I think it's just under 10, 10% uh, equity holder. Um but what's the, what's the deal look like? Because you you could you could sell concentrate into the market you know, any day of the week. But what what did it give you in terms of doing that deal yeah, the way that you structured it? That's right. Well, well, look, it, what it what it really does is is align the interests of Hot Chili and Glencore. Um, we have a project that that uh, I, I guess uh, was attractive for Glen to Glencore for a number of reasons. Firstly, the size of the asset. We're a top ten undeveloped resource globally. <clears throat> Secondly, that, uh, that, that, that size of the asset gives good leverage um, on the copper price, which is reaching record highs at the moment. Um, it had leverage to growth, not just on the resources that we were growing, but also on the exploration portfolio. And lastly, and, and, and not leastly, not least, um, was the quality of the concentrate. Um, no arsenic, a clean concentrate, a premium product. So what that does for us, it means that uh, the component that we would sell into the benchmark pricing each year, the pricing that's determined between the largest refiners and, and producers every year, um, that, that component of our production was already locked away with the largest off-taker. It's a very strong position to have going into project financing. Right, but but that's kind of okay. So, but you need it. You needed it for the. That's the better one to get to. You needed it to give you some sort of credibility and certainty around the project financing in that sense. Because, like I say, you can sell you can sell concentrate any any, any time. There's lo, there's you know there's a big market for it. We're moving into a massive deficit on on copper uh, in terms of supply and demand. So. Uh, that that that's why you did that. What what does it do for them precisely? In the sense that are they for you? It's a kind of hedging for them. It's a what? Do they pick this up as a discount, or are they paying market? No, I think I think uh, I think for for Glencore um, 
to put your hands on on a book of concentrate in the future that has no arsenic. You're talking about uh, a material that is less than 15% of future supply is carrying no arsenic. So that material in the market at the moment fetches anywhere between $120 and $160 a tonne premium. So given Glencore's uh, blending capability for uh, for concentrates carrying higher arsenic, um, you know, that becomes a very important product um, for their for their uh, trading book. Okay, okay, understood. Okay. Um, the, and like and so, for, for us, yeah. for us, Matt, more importantly, that, that's a very, very solid endorsement of the project and its credentials. This is in advance of a pre-feasibility. I don't know many off-take agreements that have been done without a pre-feasibility. Uh, very few. Uh, uh, no, uh, absolutely. Um, so in, in terms of just looking further down the line, obviously an eight-year um, agreement, quite, you know, it's nice nice for you, and then it gives you some optionality given this is a, you know, 20, 30-year, um, you know, life of mine type project. Um, what do you do with the other 40% between now and then? That's that's just sold into market, or do you look to get some <coughs> certainty or security over, a, you know, what, you know what that well it, it, it really it really keeps keeps that component free for for spot off take agreement um, at, at spot market um, that means that we're we're able to negotiate with other off takers and off takers are an important part of any financing package um, to consider um, what's really what's really uh, I suppose pleasing for us is that since we executed that agreement with Glencore we've had inbound interest from other very large off take groups. Um, so I'm sure that you probably have also seen that the streamers and the royalty houses are very busy at the moment um, competing with the off-takers. Um, there's a myriad of alternative equity financings that are going on at the moment, which means that traditional debt and equity to project finance um, large developments such as uh, we have, um, suddenly the equity side's uh, starting to get skinnier and skinnier because of the um, the activities of the streamers and the off-takers and the royalty houses. It's a, it's a very interesting dynamic at the moment, as I say, with the royalties and, and streaming because, you know, they're, they're the new kids on the block, as it were, uh, you know, compared to the way it you know, was maybe sort of 10, 15 years ago. Do you think you'll start to, we will, the industry will start to see a, a, a different type of pricing for them? Because they, obviously, they lend you the money up front and they they get a discount on, on pressure at the back end or... Um, you know they make the margin. They make the margin at the point where they 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 kind of pick up the the whichever commodity it is. In this case, copper. Do you think, given the way the market's going, miners are going to be able to negotiate better terms from those guys because they're going to need to be competitive as supply chain constraints kick in, as potential you know pre you know premium prices for you know um, products start to start to happen. I'm sort of intrigued Correct. about the and, dynamic there. And, and, and Matt, what you're seeing, um, some of these deals that are going on being signed, um, let's just take the streamers, for example, um, the Franco Nevadas, the, the Wheat and Preciouses and the Asiscos of the world. Um, it's getting very, very competitive. And, uh, and, and when you see these type of deals, you know, 60 65% of present value paid up front on 15-year mine lives, um, you know, those are unheard of. Um, some of the deals are actually negative IRR um, when you actually sit down and do the calculations for the streamers. And what that tells me is that the streaming houses and indeed the royalty houses and, and probably by association going on to the off-takers, people are scrambling for supply. That is a very good forward indicator as to where metals are going. 
and more importantly, where demand is going. I think it's interesting, very interesting times, perhaps a conversation for another another time, but money's getting cheaper from miners. And I think that's that's the interesting um uh, you know, t- take away from that. Um, if we if we can talk about, um, sorry, I did want to also talk about. Um, um, you've got a new a new chairman with yes. a, quite a good reputation, certainly over here. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Well, look at we we, we were searching for a um, a, a, uh, a candidate to replace uh, our long-standing chairman Murray Black, who's carried the company from uh, from its foundations with myself. Um, for over 12 years and Murray was looking to retire and we had a long uh, process looking for the right person and Nikki Adshead uh, really ticked all the boxes that the company was looking for uh, in a chair. We just moved her to the chairman role at the beginning of the month. Um, She's obviously got a huge amount of experience in capital markets in the Northern Hemisphere, in particular North America, and we're dealing with a large copper development in the Americas um, these things are funded from North America, and this was all about our pivot after dual listing onto the TSXV um, to really align ourselves with the North American market and also start to really increase uh, the credentials on our board and our capabilities towards project financing discussions. The other thing um, that you're going to be working on is a, is a mine plan. Presumably, you're going to have to you're going to start work on that. As, you know, you need to. As, as, as part part of the kind of the PFS, um, who's who's looking at that? Who's who's uh, who's the person? Sure, we've got we've, we've got a very big team working on it internally. Yeah, but uh, but look, it's being headlined by uh, the old Amec Foster Wheeler or Wood. Uh, Wood is the lead engineer on the project. Our executive studies manager John Hearn is coordinating all of those activities. Um, but you talked about a mine plan. Actually, <laughs> the mine plan we've been working on for uh, for many, many years. Um, so when I talk about high-grade satellites being added in with San Antonio, um, lifting our high-grade inventory to one-third of our resource base, um, over 160, 170 million tonnes now running 0.8, that's all about the mine plan. Um, we've been focusing on that front-end high-grade finish um, we're trying to assemble a very strong first 10 years on the project so that the paybacks and the IRRs um, are extremely competitive on this development. And uh, we already know that we have a very low economic hurdle project. Now we're trying to really um, make sure that the first 10 years of this project um, throws out a lot of cash flow. Right. Okay. So that's, the, that's, the, that's the interesting bit here because as companies kind of move through this, this development phase, they can become attractive um, if they can demonstrate scale, and I think that you know you, you obviously you've um, you've increased the M and I component of this, and but you've got to continue demonstrating the, the scale and the extent of this. So the exploration component, I, I think I'd love to understand a little bit more detail. Perhaps not not today, but um, if we can you know get into that and the the, the, the drill planning and the yeah and, um, yeah look the model primarily the focus Matt is on that mine plan. You know, that's why we pushed the indicated resources up so high. We're over 80% of our book now yeah. is in indicated, which means everything with good grade can be transferred into an ore reserve when we de- when we deliver the pre-feasibility. And, and that was about maximising the mine plan. But the expiration upside, that is about trying to determine, particularly in the next 12 months, whether we have a third large-scale asset within our land holding um, We've got a lot of targets we've developed over many years and we've prioritised 12 high-priority high targets for, for testing this year and, 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 and we'll see. But 
in addition to that, Matt, you know, there, there are also, you know, we're not finished on the acquisition front. Um, we believe that we have a, a really strong position to be able to um, further consolidate the area and, and we have our eyes on a few things. Because um, I think you, you, you now have 100% of the Cordero, right? Cordero, that, That's correct, right? yeah. Okay, so that, that's, that's happened. Correct. So what do you mean consolidation? What, what, do you, what, what are you talking about? Where are you looking? Oh, other, other, other assets that we would like to see um, brought, into, brought into this consolidation in the area. Okay. Well, again, I guess, let you say, I don't want to take too much time today because you, you're just hot off a plane and, and don't and sound a bit croaky there. Uh, we can get we can get in, into that another time. Um, can we just talk about the macro a little bit? Um, because there seems to be a disconnect uh, between what's going on with the copper price and what's happening, certainly with your share price and, 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 and others um, more broadly. Um, what... You know, and you had a good reaction when Glen, when the Glen, Glencore story um, came out. You know, good reaction in the marketplace, but it's kind of come off a lot since then. What's happening out there? Yeah, hard to hard to sustain these things, Matt. At the moment, um, really, from the beginning of the year. <coughs> excuse me. Um, you're right. I have come off of a, a long plane flight and a little bit croaky, but um, thirty hours, folks. Anyway, he's being a hero. No, he's being a hero. No, certainly, um, certainly since the beginning of the year, Matt, the, the equity markets have very been very different. There's there's a lot of risk off. Um, you know, retail is uh, is is probably doing most of the trading at the moment. Certainly with our stock and and, and what I see um, around around uh, our peer peer space, um, volumes are low. 20 to 30 percent of what the trade volume was last year um, and more importantly very very thin buy sell fronts so you talked about the uh, Glencore deal um, you know I think we lifted 21 percent that day off of that announcement really not on a lot of trading about a million dollars traded but um, um, that exposed that that really these these buy sell fronts are, um, are probably being driven by small scale retail trading and and unfortunately um, you know the market's a little spooked with what's going on with uh, with Ukraine and you know click, clickbait um, media articles coming out of Chile. Um, you, you can look at a number of things, but but overall the sentiments definitely changed this year in the market. So what do you what do you need to do about that, right? Because you know we, we, you talked about San Antonio and it's like one point two percent. Obviously, it's it's early days and it's small, but it it's sort of indicative of what your expiration could do for you. Um, you've also sort of I, I think you talked about um, increasing the the average grade um, on the MNI stuff up to you know 0.8 in places. So expiration is going to be important for you. The PFS moving forward in terms of nailing down some real economics around this thing in an environment which is you know inflation driven. I'm sure every conversation uh, I have with people doing studies is you know they're concerned about the increase in costs. Um, and how they how they n- negate those um, by you know better margins in terms of not just pricing the market but you know efficiencies on your own costs cost controls. So, um, what 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 what's 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 your take on what you need to do to get retail to investors to understand how you're going to take advantage of the current environment? What what are the moments for you? Sure. Look, I I think it's really simple. We, um, you, 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 it, it's it's always good to know what the score is, but but if you if you're playing a game, it's not good to continually be looking up at the scorecard. We've got a game plan. Um, our game plan uh, is is about really taking advantage of of what we've been doing here for over a decade. 
uh, we are finally in a position where we are one of very few senior copper developers globally. Um, the list is getting shorter, but most importantly, when you look at the timeframes to production, hot chili is actually the front runner. Um, we've we've turned turned into the final straight, and we find ourselves out in front. There are not many senior copper developments of this scale that have a time frame to production that we have. That is because of the decade that we put into the permitting and into the level of advancement on this project. So we're aiming to have a pre-feasibility complete in the third quarter of this year, moving into project financing discussions and a completed definitive feasibility in place in late 2024. That puts us on track for production in 2026. We don't know of any other senior copper developer with that near-term production timeline. So that is the advantage, that is the game plan, and ultimately it's about executing that into this high copper price cycle. Um, we actually believe that it's not about delivering it in 2026 because copper is going to come off. Copper is going to get stronger. Um, everything is pointing that way. In fact, the high oil price environment right now is just purely pushing people towards electric vehicle uptake. So there's a lot of things going right. There's a belligerence in the copper price. It does not want to go down. Um, and we think that um, being an early provider for new large-scale supply is going to put us at a significant advantage. It's also going to mean that, um, that we're, uh, we're going to be a, a very, very highly prized company uh, for our product. And we've seen that already with Glencore coming on board. It is. And I think that Glencore is a, a, a you know, Fantastic. Um, but everyone's grappling to secure future supply chains. Um, automotives are doing it, you know, the, the, tra the traders are doing it and, and, and as they should. Um, just, just one, one more, thank you for that description that uh, of what you think, how you think this plays out. Just, just help me with this. A billion tons. Where, where does that put you in the market? I mean, is, is that just the beginning? Is that, you know, just good enough? Where do you think you need to get to in terms of, of scale to be attractive sure. to the kind of mid-tiers? Because you're, whatever, you're 150 million market cap company, right? You yeah. have a long way to run, but what, what are the targets you have to set yourselves, or the targets you need to reach to be attractive to some, some kind of either takeout, buyout, or, or, or other? I, look, I, I, I think that's, that's all flattery. Um, sticking to the game plan and delivering on your milestones. Today, we delivered on the resource upgrade on uh, in guidance on time. Um, we delivered the uh, offtake agreement on guidance on time, uh, and we delivered the TSXV um, on time. So all, all of these things are about hitting your milestones. We've actually been doing that for quite some time. Um, we may have some some uh, trouble getting um, assay labs to have high turnaround over the pandemic, but what's inside our control, we, we're controlling quite well. So um, so you talk about, you know, what, what, what does it take and where does the project need to be to to really garner that, that generalist appeal. I don't think it's too far away. I think the world is really recognising that copper is going to be um, the central element of what they call the clank metals, these future-facing metals that are all about global electrification. Uh, it's, it's all great to say that, uh, that the world is going to electrify and decarbonise, but you're going to need the copper to do it. And if hot chilli is rated by S&P as a top 10 undeveloped global project, 
pre-feasibility level or more, and four of those are in the hands of majors, and, out, and that makes us sixth. And out of those six, we have the shortest timeframes to production. I think that realisation comes very soon, probably when we deliver the pre-feasibility and we move into that final phase. Project financing gets underway. We've got continuing, uh, I guess, upskilling of our board and management. Uh, we've got new executives coming in. We'll be interfacing um, more and more into the North American market. And I, indeed, I was just over there for a week, as, as you said. Um, we got a fantastic reception out of Toronto and Vancouver and meeting with um, banks to brokers to off-takers to streamers. Um, and I think that that awareness is going to grow and it's all about delivering on your milestones. Um, so great for our team to deliver what they did today. Um, great for us to achieve everything we were looking for that sets ourselves up for the pre-feasibility um, to be a successful outcome and push us into that final definitive feasibility stage. I think that's what I was looking for because, you know, you, you're at or around your kind of four-year average at the moment, right? It, mainly because, you know, I think markets are in a state of flux about and concern about what's happening um, over in Ukraine. I think they're waiting to sort of see what's happening with various economies, et cetera, but the supply dem demand fundamentals don't change in all of this. Um, so appreciate how you're setting yourselves up. Um, I'm looking forward to that PFS moment too and um, possibly looking at your share price today and going, might be time to buy. Yeah, yeah. well, we, we had uh, we had a, a, a chairman in Nikki that uh, got there and, um, gee, she, she really looked at the share price and she said, you know, wow, this is a fantastic opportunity now. So I think she's bought a couple of times. But <clears throat> it's, um, no, it's certainly, you know, I, I think a rule in life that, that value always rises to the top, Matt, um, you know, and, and that's what we're building. We're building long-term value here. And, and we're doing what we say we, we were going to do. So, so that's important.